When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. I am your host, Anne Gripper, and I am feeling very festive today. <laughs> it is our final uh, recording before Christmas. We have two episodes coming up over the holiday season for you as well. We have a review of the year and we have a look back on uh, Kate's fashion for the year and what she might be up to in the new year. Um, so those are two things to look forward to over the Christmas holidays. But we need to talk about all things Christmas today. Um, if I can get through it with my slightly losing my voice, I finally caught the lurgy, I think, just in time for Christmas. <laughs> Poor me. Um, but it's fair to say that the uh, mirror offices are a little bit like uh, the royal family because we started our Christmas parties properly yesterday so Zoe that's why you've got a bad throat (laughs) no that is not why I've got a bad throat I was at the Olympia horse show which is excellent and um, my husband and I were joking we were like oh the queen had to be in town because she's here for the queen's speech today and got to stay which wasn't really in the plans I mean I would imagine she would like to have gone straight to Sandringham this morning Um, but obviously she had had her Buckingham Palace Christmas lunch she was probably watching it on the telly having got rid of all of the relatives and watching horses jumping (laughs) over fences but um Lifestyle editor Zoe Forsey. She was she was being festive last night. So thank was, you for joining yes. us this morning, yeah, thank Zoe. You. A slightly sore head and a very big coffee at the moment, but yeah, apart from that. <laughs> and um, and joining us for the first time on the show via some um, hopefully stable rural broadband uh, down at the wonders of um, FaceTime is Susie Bonnie Boniface, aka Fleet Street Fox from Twitter, who is a regular columnist on Mirror Online and um, and wrote about uh, festive things or you know a spirit of togetherness for the new year in her column this week in the paper. So uh, Susie, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us for Thank the you. first time. And um, yeah, the, uh, the the basically the theme for today is Christmas. I'm feeling festive for two reasons. One, I watched the Mary Berry special on the way into work today. And we'll be talking more about that later. So I am going to a, a Christmas party after this. It's the sports Christmas lunch. Oh, so nice. I'm wearing my festive red dress, Christmas <laughs> outfit, ready to ready to go have a nice time if I manage not to uh, cough myself to death before then. Oh, bless you. So um, where to start? Let's start with the lovely pictures that we saw yesterday because we don't get to go see, we don't get to join the Christmas party at Buckingham Palace, sadly, maybe one day. But um, the we do always get to see those, you know, Oddly exciting car shots of people arriving at a party (laughs) that we're not invited to. So so you were looking at those pictures yesterday. Yeah, they're really lovely, actually. It sounds silly, but I do always like these pictures and they're always really exciting just because it feels like kind of a really normal, because it is a 
you know a private event it feels quite normal we see them driving in and you've got you know Kate was driving and you had um, you know they're all going you've got the kids in the back in their booster seats it just feels like that kind of side that you don't normally get to see but yeah they were really cute shots we saw George Charlotte and Louis Louis looks really grown up he's got lots of hair hasn't he he has. He's he's getting. Um, he's strapping now, and he's starting to look more and more like his older brother George. But you know, I don't like these car shots at all when they come out of Buckingham oh, Palace. Really? I mean, it's firstly, well, it's kind of lazy. You mm-hmm. know, you just you just sort of, as a, from a journalist point of view, you just sort of stood there, and someone drives past you, and you take a picture. I mean, it's, there's not a lot of work involved. Although I'm sure the photographers would talk about you know lighting and exposure and bad weather and bad lighting and everything else. Um, but I, I don't have any objection either as a journalist or as a human being to photographs of, of royal adults in a variety of behaviours and places and, and positions. That's fine by me. I'm uncomfortable about pictures of children uh, when they are just coming out of Gran's house, you know? Um, they, all the royal family know it's happening. They know the photographers are there. Uh, the children have to get used to it. I can see the arguments for it. I'm just uncomfortable about it. I don't, you know, pictures of the royal children when they're at an event or when they're going to school on the first day and they know it's happening. Um, but I think, especially when they're very young, when they're two, three, four, five, um, it's a bit much just every time they get in a car for them to be as we call in the trade hosed down by uh, photographers flashes going off um i think i just don't like it i find it uncomfortable i know that's probably not on message but i just do (laughs) (laughs) well no so we we share share opinions and there may well be some of our listeners who who would share that one and i guess we'll have to ask ian vogler i'm sure he's been stationed at the palace gates in the past I don't know how I don't know how close you have to get for a car shot and all and all that kind of yeah. thing because and I think well, it's, it's, it's difficult and you have to have and you have in this time of year you know it's low light you have to use flash really uh, the car is moving <coughs> even though they um, are aware you're there and they sort of slow down because there's people at the gates they're not slowing down and stopping for you to take that photograph they're trying to keep moving and they, they try to keep moving for security reasons as well you can't have royals just being stopped in a melee that would not be safe um, and you've got glass in between you and what you're taking a photograph of. So using a flash and, and getting a, a picture that's in focus um, uh, when a car is moving and there's glass between you and the person that you're trying to take a picture of is really difficult. Uh, and I have every sympathy. I'm, I was probably wrong when I said it's not, it's not a very difficult thing to do earlier on. Photographers will be um, tweeting me what a cow I am. But I just I am just uncomfortable about very young children being on the other end of it. And I know some photographers are as well. I've spoken to over the years. It's a job. It's part of what we do. It's the royals expect it, and like I say, they have to get used to it to some extent. But it, they they are born into a goldfish bowl. I don't like royal children being born. Full stop. I think it's a, a terribly cruel uh, way of having children and raising them. And I always I'm quite sad when there's a royal baby. Not wanting to be Republican about it, but I'm I'm quite sad when there's a royal baby because I think that they're going to have a pretty rotten life. Um, but I just you know. It's, it's interesting to see the photographs and it's interesting to see how much like um, her great-grandmother Charlotte looks and things like that but um, I don't really like car shots of children I think um, I think it is interesting with the small children because they are very they're different characters and you know children when you take them anywhere they're going to be in in different moods I mean Charlotte was grinning like a like a very excited lady on the way in and then was <laughs> had a face a bit like thunder on the way home so um you know the, which is obviously yeah, you're, just, can... you're just catching them in a in a in a single moment but I think you know we have yeah, we've seen Charlotte over the sorry but small children can can be in a mood for any one of a bunch of different reasons you know she could be wearing a face 
because of the photographers, or it's more likely she could be wearing a face because she's just had a shed load of food and sausage rolls and mince pies and cake and presents from grandmothers and things like that and attention. And she's been picked up and thrown in a car and said, no, it's time to go home. And she's doing what my daughter would do, which has got a scowl on. <laughs> so you know how they, how they look isn't indicative of how they feel about photographers. So what... How do they actually spend their time in Buckingham Palace? Because it is a, you know, they, it's the 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 it's the masses come. It's it is the biggest Christmas event, I think. I'm right in yeah, saying so for, the, for the royal family. Yeah, so it's the Wednesday before Christmas every year, and it's just before the Queen uh, goes down to Sandringham for the, you know, to start kickstart Christmas properly and it's kind of an opportunity for her to meet all the extended family to celebrate, and especially the ones who aren't going down to Sandringham. Um, you know to spend the actual day with them um so yeah they it's just sounds like they go they have a really nice um a big big turkey dinner uh they all sit around tables and pull crackers apparently and just have a nice a nice family afternoon actually so this year they were they were yeah as you said they were all there so you had the cambridges um beatrice and eugenie and uh, we didn't see megan and harry though um I th- obviously they're on their break at the moment but they were kind of the big names missing this year prince andrew oh, was prince there andrew yes prince andrew was there although and we, he was pictured he was pictured coming in as well i think so he, that was um his his role and um pl- place in the course of the uh of the festive celebrations i think will be one that we will continue to look out for when um the family does carry on to sandringham so i mean susie the, in terms of the kind of the royal um behind the scenes of of christmas are there are there particular nuggets that uh that you like about the way they celebrate or you think oh, i i really quite fancy doing that that sounds great or no oh my goodness i cannot believe that this is how people spend their christmas this sounds terrible well there's a bit of us which we'd like to think about them spending Christmas lying back on a on a gold sofa having grapes peeled for them or, you know, just having mince pies slathered in cream by a servant and shoved into their mouth as they expand like Mr. Creosote. But their royal Christmas is strangely prosaic. I mean, all right, they're doing it in a palace or prison, depending on how you look at it. Um, but they are you know they're eating sprouts and struggling with the wind just like the rest of us um, let's face and- it nobody really wants to eat sprouts <laughs> well I, know, I quite like sprouts but it's the afterbirth of sprouts that's the trouble and you've got to remember as well part of the reason perhaps Megan and Harry are away this year aside from their you know much uh, needed uh, need for a break is that um you know last year I think was the first time that she was introduced to sprouts possibly in her whole life (laughs) and I you know I can't imagine how a beautifully presented well turned out um thoughtful dietitian type Hollywood superstar is gonna react to not only small green and either overcooked or undercooked vegetables because they're never cooked perfectly are they um they're either bullets or they're mash mash sprouts not only how she's going to react to them, these small miniature cabbages, uh, but also what's going to happen to her downstairs about an hour later. So uh, that's that would just be really <laughs> uncomfortable. I'm sure like, Prince Philip and Prince Harry would have been going like, yeah, hello, the sprouts have arrived. Uh, but Meghan would have been horrified. <laughs> and there's, there is no way, is there, to kind of get around the fact that sprouts are going to have an effect on your digestive system. And for American listeners, sprouts are, well, they're sprouts. Google it. <laughs> you're not missing much if you've not tried them no, no no stay well clear my dad thinks they are uh they find it nature's finest creation oh really I, yeah <laughs> i i beg to differ oh no, dear only good if you have them with lots of bacon it's pretty much the only way that um so what else in terms of uh of the 
traditions of um, of how the royals spend Christmas should we uh, should we thinking about? Well, we have to bear in mind here the most important thing, which is the tree. Um, and Queen Victoria and Prince Albert sort of introduced the Christmas tree. But people don't realise, you know, that the reason for that is because Prince Albert was German and Christmas trees were a big thing in Germany. And the reason they're a big thing in Germany is because a man um, called Winfrith from Crediton in Devon went over to Germany uh, many, many years ago, in about 800 and something, uh, and tried to convert the Goths to Christianity and they were worshipping an oak tree and he got very upset with them and said you don't want to worship an oak tree you need to worship the fir tree it's far more like Jesus because it's evergreen or something like that and he chopped down their oak tree and the Goths weren't very happy and they nailed him to said tree uh, or you know martyred him generally and he became known as Saint Boniface which is why I know this story oh I was thinking this was quite niche (laughs) these when uh, then you know the Germans all start, after a bit they started realizing that actually uh, yeah those trees are quite cool they look much better with tinsel than an oak tree does so they started bringing in bits of the fir tree inside to decorate it at Christmas then uh, when Albert married Victoria he brought the um, the thing across with him and then one day uh, one year I think it was 1848 one of the London papers there was a picture of Victoria and Albert and their five oldest children. Um, with their tree and it took on it went round the world through the British Empire as a result and it, they should be known as Boniface trees not Christmas trees and you all owe me royalties backdating chocolate money <laughs> so I'm happy to cash in whenever you feel well like you might me. have to share them with the rest of your Boniface clan though I should imagine there's not very many of us it's fine there's enough to go around you owe us a lot like <laughs> 50 years worth um, Zoe what else happens so I mean obviously Sandringham is kind of the focus for Christmas Day. Yes, so that's where the kind of senior group tend to head um head up. Um so Christmas Christmas Day actually well actually they do lots of their celebration starts on Christmas Eve. Um so they all kind of get there and unpack and they'll gather for afternoon tea, uh, which is believed to be quite an informal a formal kickstart to it all. Um and they um the rules actually open their presents on Christmas Eve as well. Um it's part of their kind of it's to incorporate their German heritage into the into the festivities. So they all sit around and open the presents. Um apparent- Kate commented on that in the Mary Berry thing. Yes. She said we do we do uh, we do Christmas presents on Christmas Eve and it which is quite nice yeah, actually. It is. Um and I guess it must be interesting for like the kids as well. They don't have to wait until the next day. They're not kind of sitting there, that excitement's done. Um but it used to be Prince Philip used to kind of oversee the opening of the presents you know they'd all go in and they'd all have their pile which you know maybe he does you know we don't know he might be able to still doing or he might have passed that on to someone else i like to think he dresses up as santa yeah i mean i, I suspect he probably <laughs> does <all> out <laughs> but that would be fun but he's got he's got his carriage driving he could turn that into yeah, like santa's sleigh yeah I mean, prince philip you've been missing tricks for years <laughs> but they do because obviously gosh i struggle to buy presents for my relatives and it's hard enough but you know everyone always asks what on earth do you buy the queen but so what they do is they do kind of cheap jokey presents apparently according to lots of insiders and people that know lots about it so the idea is something funny something a bit of cheap so my favorite one and um, i think of the list is uh years and years ago uh kate's bought harry obviously before megan a grow your own girlfriend kit good like the little things you get where you add them in water and apparently um apparently harry got the queen once a uh life's a bitch shower cap Okay, <laughs> good. So there I mean, you go. If you were ever wondering what to buy the Queen for Christmas, well, I don't think that would have been top of my uh, <laughs> top of my ideas list. But maybe he's uh, yeah, okay. It's uh, 
boys aren't always the well that's unfair i was about to say boys aren't always the best at buying presents but that is a gross slur yeah. <laughs> that is a gross slur because i think the husband is far better than me actually um so yeah that, church is obviously a really major uh, part of of the time that they um they spend at sandringham and you know that kind of um it's very traditional that element of what they do really um, Susie, the, Sand- the kind of the Sandringham public day, um, you know, event, people turning out to see them going to church and that, you know, wh- what do you think that means or why do, you, why do you think it is a draw for people? Well, I'm happier with that as far as photographs are concerned because there's just lots of people and it's not, it's sort of broad daylight and it's not quite so uh, intrusive a thing. Sandringham, I was actually there this year when it was open over the summer and had a little tool around the place. Oh, and nice. the church is kind of on the very edge of the estate. So to get to uh, to be one of those people that are gathered outside, you kind of have to park in the official car park and wander through the grounds a bit. And uh, the Queen and the Royals sort of walk down from the house it's probably about a quarter of a mile and of course a few of the older ones now tend to come in the car the queen mother did for a few years um and they greet the people that are there and a lot of them have come either as one-off because they happen to be on holiday nearby or visiting or something and others have been going just for years and so there's people that they recognize and chaps who bring their dogs along and they sort of see the dogs as the from puppy up to old age you know um and the photographers and the press are there because they love it they love seeing the outfits they love seeing people hanging out together last year we had harry and megan and kate and william you know walking down the church together and there's always lots of because this is um the the national soap opera if you like it's like dallas or dynasty or eastenders this is a family that we feel we have a lot invested in and know a lot about so uh, when we finally get to see them all in one place as opposed to a couple of them here or there when they're at an event they're all in one place you get to see them interacting you can read things into body language or what kind of hat they're wearing or the angle they've got it at and of course there's always you know various members of family who are going to be good for entertainment value there's princess anne it was prince philip in previous years don't know if he'd be there this year um but they will you know interact with the public and they'll say something that's either funny or stupid or mildly <laughs> racist uh and so it's it's perfectly interesting to see and you kind of the reason that we engage with them as a family is because we all have that in our own families we've all got a, a troublesome older male relative who says things that you really shouldn't um but because it's christmas you have to let him get away with it everyone's got younger children in their families everyone's got aunts and sisters and people that have had the same hairdo for 40 years like princess anne and um whether people go to church or not there's still that interaction and there's still that same engagement because we see ourselves strangely we see ourselves reflected in them um and that they seem more ordinary and we seem more royal when you see uh you know a couple of brothers arguing or people obviously avoiding each other or something like that you go well, that's just like my family so we feel that there's more of a connection there then and it's one of the things that they do to make them seem more like us if you if you like it's one of the duties they have as well as i suppose to some extent one of their pleasures when they see people that they recognize out there um but it's part of what keeps the monarchy probably on the throne because if you can see them and identify with them they're going to have more of a longevity to the monarchy than if you if they were forever shut away in what is an enormous house in norfolk that they own outright and their family has done for centuries and you know in uh in the the back of 
at Sandrium down there, the, the chunk of the downstairs floor is all given over to museum, basically. I'm sure that some of that will be cleaned out for when the royals turn up for Christmas, although they can't put it all away. So there's there's still going to be an Z awful lot of... <laughs> yeah, there's still going to be an awful lot of gold clocks and uh, glass cabinets with priceless antiques in them and stuff like that. But out the back in the royal, what used to be the stables in the Muse, they have their car collection. And it, it is eye-popping really is if you can get a chance to go i recommend it in there are a bunch of toy cars that the royal children had when they were youngsters so prince charles and so on and so forth little push-along cars and prince andrew had and i'm not joking a working model of james bond's aston martin from uh dr no no goldfinger oh, right the, the gray aston martin it had and i'm not joking guns it had oil slicks. It had. It was battery operated. It had pedals. It had. I don't think it had an ejector seat quite. But it was made over three months in the Aston Martin workshop by a crew of thirty people, oh and then given to him. Obviously, there's not a scratch on it. He probably only used it once and then you know parked it and never bothered again. But it is an absolutely functioning model of 007's <laughs> DB7, and it's it's frightening that a small child had you know 30 grown men's labor to make this tiny miniature version of an amazing car uh, and it was just given to him and he's obviously you know whatever played with it for a bit and grew out of it and elsewhere uh, you go through some of the royal cars they've had some of the various old sort of landau's estate cars they had and at one point in the back of this garage the thing that amazed me most is a car once owned by queen mary and it's a Daimler, right? It is the size of a tank. It, the roof must be <laughs> about 12 foot above the ground. Um, I mean, it's like a, a modern truck that you get in America. The, the bonnet is about, crikey, three meters long. If you get hit by this, you are just one big crumple zone and the car is going to win any fight that it has. And, you, and it must have been, you know, it was, it's black and I think it was green. And normally the royal livery was black and maroon. And so because it was a different colour, Queen Mary would use it when she didn't want to be noticed, quote unquote. This is a this is a black shiny tank. Wearing a giant, no one else. <laughs> giant car instead. And I never you know had you down for a car geek, Susie. <laughs> no, wait for this. Do you know what she called this car? This like the equivalent of like a million pound diamond encrusted car almost for the time that she was driving it around London. Sorry, being driven around in it. Bear in mind the back seat is one luxurious sofa, you know, with 15 foot of leg rim in front of you. She called this her shopping Daimler. Oh. <laughs> now I think that's marvellous. <laughs> my beaten out Volkswagen Golf that really needs the wheel arch beating out because then go down the body shop and failed its MOT yesterday. I like to think of it as the shopping Volkswagen Golf. <laughs> Very, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> um, so is Sandringham, like how close is it to kind of, civ well, civilization? So they've obviously got this kind of estate. Is there a village nearby or like what, what is There around? are villages nearby. There's a, there's a shop there where you can buy some overpriced tat. Uh, and Lovely royal souvenirs, <laughs> Susie. <laughs> Lovely royal souvenirs, uh, which of course I did buy some of while I was there. Uh, and there's various, you know, there's plastic crowns and whatnot for your own personal little prince or princess. Um, and there's, I think there's a farm shop not far away as well. But it's basically the one thing that you notice about all royal homes when you visit them, and not that I was ever invited, bear in mind, I was always there as a journalist. One thing you've noticed about them is that for about a mile in either direction, the verges, the sides of the road, have been mown, weeded, and picked clear of litter. They live in this perfect, pristine, litter-free, weed-free, 
bubble. They must think the whole world is like this. So you know when you're getting near a royal residence, because for a mile in advance, you go, hang on, all the trees have been polished. What's going on? And it's it's just frightening on the way out. But on the, when you go into Sandringham, there's basically, there's huge, there's great big expanses of road and verge and very, very high wall around the estate. And you just go, oh, there's a queen in there then, because everything's buffed within an inch of his life. Um, Zoe, what else happens? Is there anything else happens over sort of Sandringham time that you would like to share with us as our kind of buff? <laughs> Sorry, I was saying one of the things that um, so just like we all do, they obviously sit down for their Christmas lunch. Um, so they sit down at about one o'clock. They uh, apparently, according to chefs who have looked after the royals in the past, they stick to a very you know the same again as we all do. I think most people very rarely change their Christmas dinner, but. Um, the same meal all the time. So they have a salad with some lobster and shrimp. I was going to say, everybody wants to start their Christmas dinner with salad and then you throw in the lobster oh, yeah, yeah, and shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> that sounds a bit so more like, Yeah, festive. a slightly fancier version of the prawn cocktail that I think that that's what we have, yep. which is, yeah, more, more our, our style. Um, but yeah, and then normal big, you know, turkey with all your trimmings, parsnips, carrots, Brussels sprouts, as we mentioned earlier, of course. Pigs and blankets. I don't know about it, but you can't. You must do. You must do. You can't have it without. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. So go the on, queen, Susie. The, the queen also doesn't have roast potatoes. She has mashed potatoes for Christmas dinner. We are which is the wrongest about this thing. For someone the other day, planet. yeah. No, you can have both. It's not right. both. Is we the can answer. have both, but it's just it's just mashed potato does not going to go well with gravy. You've got so much on your plate. You have got all the vegetables, the sprouts, the stuffing, the the meat, and everything else. If you want mashed potato with gravy, you need to have it like in a in a bowl. But when you've got a plate with that much stuff on, you can't have potatoes that are going to liquefy. Oh, Susie, you need to come for Christmas dinner at mine because <laughs> I can show you how to do mashed potato and gravy and everything on a plate. I'm very, well, very practiced at this. You have to smear the mashed potato on the bottom like butter and pile everything. On <laughs> I think you might be doing your proper Christmas meal. I think you might be doing your mashed potato wrong. It sounds <laughs> like it's a bit more like smash. Anyway, um, Zoe, sorry, we interrupted <laughs> no, you, no, but no, you've distractions of roast potatoes. More, yeah. No, and then yeah, so that's that's kind of the Christmas lunch that they all sit down for. Like I said, about one, and then after that, they um, again like lots of us do they then sit down and watch the queen's speech so it's pre-recorded so uh, the queen can sit down and watch it with everyone else but yeah apparently they'll gather around the tv and and watch it see what I she's got to say i wonder whether she you know gives them advance warning about yeah. what's in it or whether it's just like surprise i've dropped you right in it or look at this awful picture of you that i included yeah. just for fun um or you know it's like it's sort of like weirdly getting the, the home movies out or something yeah. after christmas lunch <laughs> must be very peculiar um, do you watch the do you watch the Queen's speech, Susie? Is that part? Of yes, I watch it. Jeremy Corbyn first thing in the morning. No, I do. We do. It's part of our traditional Christmas that we have to have Christmas dinner at a time that is suitable for us to then go out for a very quick dog walk and then come back muddy, cold, wet, miserable, very indigestion, and then sit down in front of the Queen's speech and listen to her silently and then go, "Wow, that was." wasn't it at the end um and there's what well, the thing you need to notice about the queen's speech is not really what she says cause there's always a bit of christianity and there's always a bit of oh we come together at christmas she obviously reads my columns but um the, at the end you can tell she's reading an autocue because at the end she says the last bit and then there's a pause and then there'll be a smile because i think it says at the end of the autocue now you need to smile and she's like reading that bit and goes oh and there's this like half forgotten smile comes on right at the end she does it every year like clockwork 
But she doesn't actually watch her own speech. She doesn't watch her own speech. She leaves the room. They they after um, dinner they have two turkeys for dinner. The chef comes in to carve it for them, and then they have to toast the chef with whiskey afterwards. Uh, and then um, after dinner's uh, lunch is all over, they go into the TV room, and the Queen wanders off somewhere else for fifteen minutes you know, whistling or something. And then she comes <laughs> back into the room afterwards and says, what do you think? And, uh, you know, Prince Andrew says, thanks for not mentioning me, mum. And uh, we move on to the charades. Yeah, so, yeah, and we all get to... It will be an interesting one to uh, to see what the Queen talks about this year. And we'll be in, in the... In the new year, our first episode um, that we'll be recording new, we will be wrapping up Christmas and anything that we've missed. And then discussing what we have to look forward to in 2020 because it's sure to be another big another big royal year um we must just talk about the uh mary berry christmas special well i must talk about the mary yeah, berry christmas I special because i loved it i loved it it was really um it was interesting i can't remember whether it was zoe or susie saying earlier about you know the kind of normality of the royal sometimes or trying to present themselves as as normal and um you know it's been interesting this year we've actually seen quite a lot of royals actually being in the documentaries on the telly mm. um some with greater success and good <laughs> PR than others, than others it is fair to say <laughs> i refer back to the previous episodes where we have discussed at length the disastrous prince andrew interview and then also um there was obviously the Meghan and harry documentary where it was kind of all about them and that raised questions and then also through into the spotlight you know how they are or aren't managing to deal with their their new lives um i think there's been some prince charles things as well but i've not managed to catch up with those but the um the two ones sort of related to the cambridges there was prince william's documentary about mental health earlier in the year um talking with footballers i think and, yeah. and people involved in football and then um this very lovely i mean you know you can't go <laughs> You can't go wrong with sort of a bit of festive Mary Berry and lovely recipes, yeah. <laughs> and just sort of—I mean, it was all just very nice. You had you had um, Kate in that lovely red dress with the pussy bow, obviously. Yeah. Um, Bake Off winner Nadia Hussein turned up to join uh, the festivities as well. She also had a pussy bow, which Russell will be absolutely uh. thoroughly delighted about. Um, so yeah, so you had uh, you had Nadia from Bake Off with her oh, pussy, but with her pussy bow, yeah, pussy bow, lovely, lovely, um, lovely glamorous top. Actually, it was a little bit like um, Kate's Gucci one from earlier in the year. Anyway, by the by, it wasn't really about the outfits; it was about the cooking and the baking and the messages, and also about the charities. Obviously, Prince William was there as well. We got the competitive yes William <laughs> versus Kate streak coming out I mean who would have thought it would be coming out over who could roll a roulade a meringue roulade better I do love that everything gets to be a bit you know like you, you understand it a bit more when they're sailing or doing things like this but I do love when they get a bit competitive over like cooking challenges but it also it just kind of felt like it brought out um partly partly their character but also partly that normality of of just a, like a little bit of William Sass of like no Mary this is the line you stay that side of the line this is our side or you know just the kind of jokes that we know we've made with mm -hmm. friends or would would do in that situation and then there's also the so Mary Berry had spent time with them over the course of the year at a couple of different um, organisations to see the work that they'd done. Um, you had the slightly weird situation of um, Prince William 
talking you know obviously in a lovely fashion about how his mum had kind of inspired him to mm. get involved in good works and homelessness being a really important thing but then there's that kind of awkward thing of the future king telling his son the future king when they see a homeless person on the street i always point it out and yeah. talk about it and it's like well actually you kind of do have to do that and it's um i think it was uh kate sort of said later um uh, you know, I wish I could wave, wave a magic wand and fix everyone's problems, but it's not like that. I don't remember whether it was Kate or William that said that, but I think that must be that feeling that they get a lot of the time because mm. they're, they're in this privileged position. They do have a massive house with a lot of bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it is brought up, you know, turn Buckingham Palace into a big homeless shelter, essentially, and, and give people homes. But that, you know, the problems are kind of never ending and you can just tackle, oh, excuse me problems are never ending and you can only really tackle the bit that you can that you can deal with and try and make a difference um where you can um and so kate kate did a lot of normality i think she was talked about being a terrible waitress when she was yeah. in university um leaving the top off the blender so she'd ended up with spinach soup on the ceiling at some stage oh, really <laughs> uh, revealed that um, who makes spinach soup Honestly, I make spinach soup. <laughs> yeah, I put spinach uh, in soup. Yeah. <laughs> so, something wrong with you. Oh dear. Well, we've already established we're not fans of your mashed potatoes. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll save. We'll save our own bacon. <laughs> um, so apparently, William is good at the breakfasts. Nice. And uh, he used to try and impress Kate when they were at university by cooking rather more of the dinners than he does now. But bolognese was his kind of signature dish. That's a good. That's a good student. It's like a very yeah. good student student dish. Um, we learnt a little bit, mainly about George, actually. I mean, although we found out that Charlotte likes Charlotte potatoes. Don't know whether she's <laughs> a, uh, a roast mash or dauphinoise kind of a girl. But um, she loves the Charlotte potatoes, which is fair. Um, Prince Louis likes beetroot, which oh. is an unusual choice for a small child. But then Mary Berry turned it into an amazing looking beetroot and chocolate cake, which I think ah. I might have to make because it looked incredible. Um, but, it was, you know, there were kind of little bits about george that we heard that i thought were particularly sweet um prince william kind of the despairing dad saying you know you can support anybody apart from chelsea at football <laughs> obviously george supports chelsea and then um so the, yeah so we had found out about his football team and then uh, we also heard that he likes drawing and that he's got he's got a sort of little mini museum somehow of of things that he's collected oh really which uh, you know it was when kate was at wisley talking about having a little a little i guess like a little house or a little place essentially a place where he puts his little keepsakes whether it's shells that he's found or crab's claw or anything like that and it was it was interesting the way she said you know their world is very small they can kind of see those little details and appreciate the things. And, you know, when we were little, if you found, like, a limpet shell or something on the beach, you'd be, like, fascinated oh, yeah. by it. <laughs> perfectly, perfectly content. And so you've got these small children in this kind of, you know, to a certain extent, going back to what Susie was saying in the, be- in the beginning, born into this very unusual situation, but doing things that, you know, any small child would yeah would do. So I think um, I haven't, I'm afraid, American listeners and listeners further afield managed to establish whether the documentary is going to be shown um, shown elsewhere. But I cannot see any reason why they wouldn't want to because it is it is very fabulous. And I am considering making the uh, beef stew that Mary was making for my New Year's Eve Ooh, nice. dinner party because it did look particularly tasty. Yeah. 
Um, so what else? We're still waiting on some Christmas cards. I mean, I don't know whether we're on the Christmas card list for the Royals, but um, yeah, I haven't had mine yet. <laughs> I've not had mine. We have seen a leaked a version of William and Kate's card, which yeah, is which quite is cute. really lovely. Yes, um, that was shared um, by one of their charities um, on social media, which is very sweet. But we normally get that was just a photo of the card itself rather than the actual kind of images. Um, but hopefully, we get. New pictures, yeah. Well, it might be, it might be by the time it goes live, and then uh, yeah, then they've normally been done by now. Yeah. But I think it's because of the political situation, um, the handouts have not been given to the press because uh, there's been rather a lot of other news going yes. on. So now that once the Queen's speech is out of the way, her third of the last couple of months, she must be bored of it. Um, then they'll start doing some of the more normal stuff, which will be handing out some of the the photographs and the. The, of the on the cards and perhaps giving some uh heads up next week about what's going to be in the the christmas message so yeah definitely lots to look out for um so if you got any particular christmas christmas traditions that you want to uh share that we think the royals should take up or just everybody should get to enjoy i mean susie susie's let us know about her uh their their christmas day and what they like to do no, we we just do quite normal, really. Well, we we do get up and go. We get up, go to the pub, big dinner. We the one thing we do, which I think is quite different, is we don't turn the TV on at all. TV is completely banned. Oh, unusual! All of Christmas Day, oh, and good most Lord. of Boxing Day, yeah. <laughs> so there's lots of yeah. Games, there are no small children like in this. your family at the moment, are there? Uh, we've got six. Six is our youngest at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no little ones, but yeah. So it's it's lots of games. Um, yeah, a highlight of the last few Christmases was watching my great nanny push over my six-foot brother because he tried to take her chair in musical chairs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it is fun, but yeah. We'll try and stay out of yeah. casualty <laughs> this Christmas. But um, It sounds all very wholesome apart from the violence. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all fine. I, I, I wonder whether that's exactly what they're doing. You know, <laughs> I've now got a vision of like the Queen pushing Mike Tindall yeah. out, of, out of musical chairs. <laughs> So let's let's hope that that happens. Um, well, I think it is time to wrap up because my my voice is telling me it is, <laughs> it is time. Thank you for um, thank you for bearing with that. Um, we've had the the broadband has held out, so thank you for joining us um, this week, Susie. Zoe, thanks for having me. Zoe, thanks for being with us here. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, and listeners, as ever, thank you ever so much for joining us. We wish you a very merry Christmas wherever you are spending it. And until next time... Pod save the Queen!